So check this out, man. One of Crush's cousins was on an airplane going from California to Washington, D.C. this past week and threw a hissy fit. Went ham on the airplane, apparently tried to get into the cockpit of the airplane. And when he couldn't get into the cockpit, attempted to open the exit door while they were in flight. If not for a one brave black woman who took a coffee pot, one of the stewardesses, and banged his ass over the head, worked, worked his melon with the damn coffee pot. <laughs> black women saving the day again. There we go. She went El she just banged that dude. <laughs> that over his damn head. And that's what ended up saving the airplane. They ended up making an emergency landing <laughs> in Missouri somewhere. But when I heard this story, I was like, God damn, I thought that they had federal marshals. Nah, man. I don't think. No, no, the air marshal days. Is, what, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> a Caribbean, a West Indian man? I. I, I from what I've been told, it, this person was of Caribbean descent. What? <laughs> they didn't what? get enough oxtail rice and peas. <laughs> they fucking flexed out. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. Going <laughs> they, to hell. they wanted the beef patty with the cocoa bread and they couldn't get it. So the nigga was, he wanted to, to crash them. You're going all the way to hell. Non-stop. <laughs> Gasoline draws. The only thing I could possibly attribute to this behavior is this particular Caribbean man may not have flown before. That's your, that's which is very excuse. possible. That's your excuse, man. And I am that's very well version. versed in the fear of flying amongst my people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, Sometimes no. That's 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 true story. Will, true story. They will tell their wife. They will tell their man. I'm good. I'm straight. I can do this. We're going. We're going. We're going to do this, man. We're going to do this. We're going until to do this. the wheels. Until they sit down. Oh. Until they hear that engine running, and they look out the door and they see clouds. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, their heart is up here in their throat. <laughs> They're covered in a coat of sweat, and they can't keep still. Listen, I've, I've, I understand because I am I literally that way. Yeah. The last time I went flying, I had to make sure the doctor he had a panic attack of the worst. Really? Or the worst, I don't know. I don't know. Necessarily. I have no idea what caused it. They just called. They just said that the dude was an unruly passenger caused them to have an emergency. So what spawned it is up for debate. But we do know that he you know it's just to bang his brain over with that damn coffee pot. Did he get? Did he get arrested? Oh yeah, he was picked up as soon as they fucking landed. I hope it was worth it, my guy. No, like, bro, that ain't worth help. it. Nah, that, that not ain't even worth a little it. bit. Not even <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't worth it. That ain't the way not to go, bro. Not even a little bit. But I'm, I'm not gonna lie. If it's anxiety, like flighty anxiety, I can understand that. Like I can understand, me, I don't like I can understand the anxiety. I can I like mean, that. You know, the anxiety's rough, man. Some melatonin. Take us drink some wine. Mm-hmm. I gotta be asleep because if I'm away, it's very powerful. It's telling your body we have to go. Like like B. A. Baracus, you better go ahead and uh 
<laughs> like Mr. T on your team. Knock me out. Knock him out. Knock me out. Shit. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again. It is the Incredible in the Black podcast. And in case you want to wear, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who have never had a hissy fit on an airplane. At least I hope not. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself, but you know I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of my flight crew. Crush, say what's up. Peace, everybody. L, say what's up, man. Yo, family. What's good? Oh my God. And if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. It goes a long way. It's free, because I know some of you cheap-ass bastards don't want to do anything if it costs money. So it's free, but it goes a long way. Make sure you hit that subscribe button as well so that you don't miss out on the next incredible video. And make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But if you want to join the family, L, please tell these folks how they can do that. Hey, man, sincerely, we really do appreciate all of our Patreon subscribers, man, all the folks who do share our content. We sincerely, you know, I do call y'all bastards every other show for some shit, but we do really appreciate you motherfuckers for coming through. <laughs> damn it damn it and for being supportive uh but hey man if you want to be and don't let me ruin it for y'all you know we got dope ass products so come on through uh y'all motherfuckers know that we do great work over here so click to become family tab i swear click to become family tab and there's a number of things that you can do uh again we have a big announcement coming soon with some new shirts new swag new everything that is coming soon be on the lookout some dope stuff that's coming your way if you want to donate we need you to donate because again independent black media is so incredibly important nowadays man with some of the bullshit that's out there right now you don't you can't tell lies from truth with some of these motherfuckers that are putting product out but you want authentic information truthful verifiable cited information so listen just donate to us man you can do it two ways you can do it straight to our cash app dollar sign in the black pdcst or patreon patreon is dope because there's a number of tiers that you can choose from and each tier gets something special but every tier gets the off the cuff segment man our beginning segment which is yo <laughs> listen it is well worth your coins to become a patreon that is it's balls to the right walls here. that's what that's what it is <laughs> oh god but again thank all you guys for, and, and just real quick man when y'all see our stuff on social media particularly when you see it on Instagram and other places, it really helps us out. Not only if you like it, but if you share it, it's really, really important. These algorithms are trash. It's important that we build momentum in that capacity. We need you guys to share and like our product, man. Sincerely. In fact, when you share, feel free to tag us all. We will shout you out immediately. And then immediately, immediately shout out. Immediately man. shout you out. Tag us all, please. Yeah, please. No doubt. All, y'all. No, no doubt. all right. Tonight's black box letter, and this is a continuation from our original conversation. If you oh, listened to our to our off the cuff segment, um, but it's about growth mm. and 
being someone different today than you were however many years ago. And I got a, a message in my in my inbox from a, from a brother that basically had something similar happen to him that he is now 40 years old, 42 actually, expecting his first child. And he never thought that he would have children because he lived that life. Y'all know what I mean by he lived that life. He was in the streets. He was, yeah, he didn't think he was going to make it past 25. He was dropping the babies he everywhere. I can dig it. But here he is, 42 years old, expecting his first child. And now and he's scared. Visit, and he's he's frightened. That's, that's basically it. Because he, motherfucker, you've been dodging know. bullets in the street for the past 20 and fucking years, and now years, you're scared. And, now he's scared. and that's one of the first things that I told him was uh, that the man you were then is not the man you are now. Because at the time, you, kids weren't even on your radar. Talk less about now. Now you're you were a kid. Yeah. You and I got into his a personal conversation with him and asked him, is he still in the life? And he's like, nah, man, I left that thing alone. Too many of his homies dropped dead along the way. He said, God, he's the, not one of them. he said like by the fifth, sixth one, he was like, this ain't for me. So now he's man, an independent. Five or six, you a hard-headed motherfucker. Shit. I'd be done by two. Yeah, hey, bro, the, yeah, the, the first one didn't wake you up? <laughs> yeah. You need it. You need a five or a six. Five six. Are you like I'm just? I'm just. I mean, no, 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 no. I can dig it. Know. No, I know what he's. I know. I know what he's saying. Yeah. So I'm having we a know conversation with him about sure. what growth really looks like because he's beating himself up about even being 42. He doesn't feel like he's any different. And I'm telling him like really sit back and reflect and think about where you are now compared to where you were. Your sure, maturity sure. level, your financial level, your level of concern and your humanity, what that looks like. So it was just interesting to have this conversation with him about growth. And I was telling the guys earlier during the show about running into someone that knew me during my younger days and told me that she really didn't think that I was going to make it past 20, 25 years old because of the folks that I hung out with and the circles that I kept and the foolishness that I was engaged in. And I had to go home and really sit down and think like, wow, I, like, have you ever taken a real accounting of your life and be like, God damn, that's a totally different world, totally different person. You don't even know how you got to this point. You, but you know that you're here now. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could usually tell people who do that on a consistent basis, right? Those people who tend to do that, who do the introspective self-examination type of work, typically they are some of the more self-aware and confident people, right? Because they know themselves. They know what their weaknesses are they know what their strengths are they know what their fears are so they've walked with this level of confidence that is like there's nothing the world can do to me because motherfucker i know who i am my self-worth has already been scrutinized by the ultimate scrutinizer myself because no one scrutinizer or looks at themselves harder than we look at ourselves 
to this brother who is 42 having a child the idea of having a child brings everyone a level of initial pause right that first time that you hear about you know having a child it brings a level of pause because for two reasons for one the biggest one that we don't talk about enough is when you have a child you immediately look at your own fucking mortality you immediately look at your mortality that it's automatically thinking about where you're going to be at a certain period of time when this child turns a certain age and you begin to think about okay am i in a place in my life where i'm going to be around for when this child needs me most immediately but I think we sometimes have the tendency of over over examining those moments and trying to measure what those moments up. When, when we measure those moments, we, we look at it too harshly, right? And I think the reason, and it's, it's, we'll use this gentleman for example. Listen to what he's saying. There's a level of guilt that he carries for being where he is. Right, there's a level of guilt that he carries for being successful, the level of guilt that he carries for making it, and his five or six homies from the life have not made it. He has a level of guilt. And not only to mention that guilt, because we're gonna keep it a buck, let's keep it a buck. It also may be some guilt for over some shit that he's done in his past that he got away with that he knows he shouldn't fucking have gotten away with. So when you begin to have children all of that shit begins to play bro you begin to examine it it just it's it we do the same thing when we fall deep in love with something too right very similar responses and feelings when you get to that in love this is it phase in a relationship you begin to examine and plan and plot and examine are you worthy of this great love that you're going to have and can i live up to the responsibility of this love so what he's experiencing is not a new phenomenon my advice to him would just be bruh take it slow take some deep breaths continue to ask some questions of some thorough ass brothers and be prepared to have your life changed in a way that no one can advise you of how it's going to change it, it no one can prepare you for this change yep and just you know be a stand-up dude and you'll be fine be proud of yourself for where you are now too dog you can't escape that man you can't escape that <clears throat> you literally gave that there were six examples of folks that aren't here and you all were doing the same or similar thing and you still yeah. stand it you gotta show yourself some grace, man. Go ahead, Crush. Yeah, man. There's nothing. Uh, there's no preparation um, for this particular role. You know, the only thing you can do is to do it scared, man. Mm. That's damn bro. Do it scared. If 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 you're full of fear, use that shit. If it's all you got, use it. Facts. That's what a man does. Period. Have you ever, have you guys ever t- taken such a reflective moment in your life like that, man? Well, I, I take a reflective moment like that all the time, man. All the fucking time. I mean, you know I do. I mean, I'm yeah, constantly doing it. And I think the one reason why I do it all the time for myself is because I want to know 
the monster within better than other folks do, right? Because I know my tendencies. I know my anger tendencies. I know the, the other negatives tendencies that I have within. I want to be more familiar with that motherfucker and have that motherfucker tamed better than anybody else possibly can. So I got to wrestle with him continuously to keep him at bay. But what happens with that is there's a level of self-awareness that comes and a level of confidence where you can often be like, yo, I know the monster. Me and the monster's cool. Fuck y'all, right? Mm. So I can walk in a certain method in a certain way and carry myself in a certain way because it's like, yo, it ain't shit that y'all can do that I haven't already experienced that level of pain before in my life already. And I'm holding this monster at bay. Like, I think that's one of the things that they fuck up with Bruce Banner in the comics. Bruce doesn't walk around with that level of swagger that I think he should walk around with. Like, motherfucker, you can turn into the hawk. Like, at any moment, <laughs> you should be walking around with level of confidence. Part. Like, yeah, like, bro, shit. <laughs> Not. That also is the fact that, like you said, at least for me, I'll speak personally, that I know that I am my biggest critic. I am overly analytical about myself or towards myself. But at the end of the day, I think my criticisms and my focus on myself prepares me so much that when other people want to critique me, their critiques don't match up. You get what I'm saying? So it's less... Mm -hmm. Because I think some of the biggest problems that we have as people, especially as a professional when you're trying to advance or in any relationship or whatever the case is, that criticism, harsh criticism, typically becomes a sticking point between you and another person. But when you're overly critical or harshly critical on yourself, yeah, that's dangerous too. That's dangerous. Yeah. Most times it's it it yeah, builds yeah. up a wall because we like you said most times the, the worst is in our imagination not compared to reality yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. it's rough yeah go ahead crush no but um damn i actually got, I, got, I got a little lost in your last point there <laughs> no i was just talking about have you ever taken an opportunity to really oh be, yeah yeah, I, yeah I, I, like ultra reflective yeah. about this i mean especially since my mother's death yeah i've been extremely reflective on on life and uh, you know family and um, love, anger, um, you know a lot of things. Um, it's definitely uh, you know and, and, and time and the passage of time itself. You know um, how uh, relentless it is. You know, um, beginning to beginning to accept that. You know, beginning to accept the relentless passage of time um you know the ultimate you know the ultimate winner in the end um it was like you know it took, it, did, it, took a, it took a lot of you know a lot of moments i still do um yeah, yeah, you know about, yeah. about, about, about my mother and about you know about life and you know the idea of having having a child now and mm -hmm. you know, it's a possibility and you know and there have been possibilities mm -hmm. before you know that didn't work out and um you know, yes, I've had a lot of, I think I've multiple reflective moments throughout my day um, these days. Yeah. How often do you have conversations, you both in general have conversations about death? 
is it a normal conversation? Is it a taboo conversation? And, and are you talking about internally or are you talking about externally with someone else, like your partner? Or let's, let's do externally. Yeah. And not just necessarily with your partner, but with people in general about death. No. No. With my, with my, with my, with my, with my partner here, yeah. But yeah. the people, no. Yeah, yeah I'll say people, regular people not very often. I wouldn't say yeah. often. I think we have a, a interesting perspective when it comes to death, right? I think it's the the one equalizer for all of life skills, right? That all of us are going to meet that time. I would just it's just interesting that we don't talk about death with more of a not a celebratory type shit. I ain't on no morbid stuff like that, but on more of a, even hey man when we in our child rearing with our children it might be in the back of my mind that i'm preparing my child i'm giving them this lesson because one day i'm not going to be here, here. Yeah. but it won't it won't come out of here it'll come out in my actions i just find that fascinating mm-hmm. the way we do yeah. death and, and talk about death or don't talk about death particularly as a community where we've you know well societally you know, it's still taboo like at the dinner table yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's still taboo all right, who wants to go? Let's uh, let's go ahead and have uh, Elgin go first. Man, uh, what a story! Okay, <sighs> one of the the you know organizing comrades that I'm familiar with here in uh, this area, Philadelphia. So this is a story, early February, 2022, longtime Philadelphia housing activist, and I'm going to destroy her name. So I'm not going to say her first name. I'm going to say her last name, uh, housing activist Nkrumah Torre. Uh, she received a 30 day eviction notice to leave her West Philly home that she had been living in since, uh, 2019. A day later, the new owners of the house shows up with his family demanding that she leaves immediately right so she gets an eviction notice i'm already distraught frustrated angry she's been in this crib since 2019 it's home for now she's doing work in the community doing great work then the next day the new owners of the property show up looking to move in not only himself, but with his family. He has a completely different lease than the one that she was given, right? So what happened was in January, the owner that signed her, that she signed her her first lease with, the one that she possessed, sold the house to someone else. Sold it to the Morrison family, right? And when he signed, he sold the house to the Morrison family, the Morrison family has a copy of a different lease for Nkrumah Torre. And in that lease, it says that Nkrumah Torre was just renting a room. So he thought, hey, or his argument is that on the lease, she is just renting a room so he can come in and move his family in that's not even the worst part though right him and his family 
terrorize this poor black woman. This 67-year-old black woman terrorized her, bruh. They locked her in her room, forced her to stay in her room, tossed her furniture all around the place, threatened her, called her out of her name, intimidated her to the highest level. Now, granted, this is what the news media is reporting. All of those aspects are true. But what I want to tell you from an organizing Philly standpoint, this sister was not standing alone having this type of stuff taking place. She was protected. She had a good community around her. Her network okay. was strong. The, for her. She, she has some folks around her. So after the first incident, the first night where they came and literally bullied their way inside of the house and pushed herself inside the house. Let's not forget, he said one of her says one of her cousins was one of the dude's cousins said we're licensed carriers. We'll we're just come in there and start shooting people. Start shoot, let's go start shooting people. So at, at that point in time, Sister and Krumatore picked up the phone, called the folks and said, hey, this is what's happening. Folks said, okay, we're going to show up. We're not going to engage. We're not going to get in any violent confrontation with these folks. We're not going to escalate it. Nope. We're not going to escalate it. But what we will do, we will make sure that they don't touch you. And if they do touch you, that's when those things come out and we have a whole different type of party. But, yep. Yeah. And this story has been updated. So, but I want to get you guys' initial thoughts on this component. Now, this woman has been a long-term housing activist advocate for people in Philly, notorious, known, well-loved figure. So the support that she received from the community was overwhelming, beautiful, but the threats, the intimidation, the threats of violence and the manipulation and just the, the flat out evil tactics that she received, not only from the Morrisons, right? Because the Morrisons were the evil party here, but the original landlord. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This, uh, this was unbelievable. This is unbelievable. It was uh, unfortunate, extremely unfortunate. Definitely an exposure of the uh, clear lack of oversight in the real estate arena. In the property, property, property owning in Philly, um, I'm, I'm very glad that uh, Ms. Incriminatory uh, had the support systems that she had. I'm not surprised they came out the way they did for her. Um, I'm glad they had the, the, the tactics involved to make these uh, these idiots understand that you're not to uh, assault or threaten an older woman in any way. Um, and I'm sure they are, they've understood that clearly at this point, as I am um, well aware of the uh, abilities of the residents of Philadelphia. Um, that, uh, that care about older black women, of which there are many, and they are very tall and very black. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they understood very quickly. Not to put yeah. one finger on that woman. Because um, that would have been a whole different news story. Oh, it would have been some slow singing. <laughs> flower no, no, bullshit. no bullshit. No if bullshit. No bullshit. One hand in that woman. It would have been a yeah. whole different news story. Yeah. I was really surprised that they didn't know who she was or learn yeah. who she yeah. was fairly quickly, right? But to think that she was that. just going to be able, she was just going to be 
a victim, bullied. so to speak, yeah. and, and, yeah. Just, yeah. and just be bullied, right? Mm-hmm. I think two things that I took away from this. One, watching the legal system for once lean on the side of the renter. And I know many people would argue that there are way more laws for renters in this country than there are for the landlords, that it's hard for you to evict people from New York to DC, whatever. I know it's very extremely difficult. I, I get it. Should be. But yeah, typically right. when it goes to court in this manner, I'm very surprised that the judge did not lean on the side of the, the the landlord and i think what really kicked him in the ass was all of the threats and him calling the police yeah. and all that other stuff it was like yeah. how did you think that was going to fly like for real like how did you think all of that was going to happen and that it was going to just be okay you know yeah and she's so connected to the community that she had city council folk come out oh, right to show up oh, oh, city council folk, and so the city oh. council folks showed up and saw what the folks that was happening mediate. So these folks, the Morrisons, acted a donkey. And so the city council person called the chief of the police. And the chief of the police was like, okay, I'll have some folks right over there shortly. And so there was so many, you know, police interactions between the Morrisons and this particular, you know, family that the police ultimately had to come by to when they locked her in her house, they locked her in a room. Now she wasn't in there by herself. She had some other people in there who were there Mm -hmm. to keep her safe. They locked her in the room. They had to literally call the police to have the police come to force these come out of the room. So they can come out of the room. Right. So the, the thing is in any other case, in any other situation, the people who would be in the situation in crematory would have moved out. They would have left. They would have left and just dealt with the world, whatever they had. They would not have had the knowledge or the wherewithal to stay and or fight. Or the network. Or the network, right? Because again, that's one of the things that is happening across the country is this thing called self-evictions. Because what happens is, I know here in Pennsylvania, when a landlord is looking to get you out of a home, first he has to serve you with something called a notice to quit, right? A notice to quit is to let you, the tenant, know that the landlord no longer wants you to stay there. And on that notice to quit, it's a 10-day notice, right? But on that 10th day, it doesn't mean that you have to get out. It means in that 10th day, the landlord has to file for an eviction. But people read that 10 days as, oh, I have 10 days to get out of the home now. So they end up self-evicting themselves. But if they would stay and get the actual eviction notice, they have a better chance of actually going to the court and getting additional time. And most times or not, they're not going to actually win unless there's some really egregious illegal grounds for the eviction like this. Yeah. So even in this case here, right? She won an additional 30 days to yep. stay. She didn't win the now, sister in crematory doesn't want to stay in the home, ladies and gentlemen. Of course not. She's not trying to stay there, but she did not win the ability to choose either whether or not she could stay in the home. She was given 30 days to get out because the Morrisons are the legal owners of that property. 
And so let's, have, let's, take a, let's take a step back. The reason why they're even the league, and not to say that this is a bad thing or not, okay? I want to make sure I'm very clear about that. No, 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 we're the not reason why they're the, the owners of the property is because they own the the deed or the title. So some the people title. they close on their home or whatever, they're not yeah. able to pay or there's a lien on the property. And you know when you don't pay that lien on the property after a certain mm-hmm. period of time, it goes to the bank. And then they make that thing available. So let's say, for example, you didn't pay property tax for the year of 2020 for 2020 and it's like a two thousand dollars property tax they put a lien on your home the bank ends up taking your home because if there's a lien on the home they then auction off that lien someone can go to the courthouse and buy that thing up for two two thousand dollars now they now they got your house and that's how they ended up taking this this home that's how they ended up happening it was a news story not too long ago where this black dude did the same thing he bought a three hundred thousand dollar house for i think it was either sixteen dollars or or sixteen hundred dollars where anyway he moved his black self into this home and all the white folks in the community were up were, in arms yeah i think i remember up that, in right? arms because he bought this house for that price and he moved in and they're like oh my god we had those prices specifically that I to keep y'all <laughs> to keep you out of this motherfucker. <laughs> but that's how the game is being played, man. It's it is such a yo. It is so treacherous yeah. out here in these streets, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Land, yeah, property, uh, real estate is a is a is a, is a crazy game. And <sighs> that black that, that black dude, he just played the game they way the way they played it. How many of those motherfuckers do you think paid full price for those houses too? Give me a damn break. They just mad because he caught on. You know what I thought about after I saw that she had a GoFundMe created for her? I thought about the conversation that we had a while back when we talked about Tamir Rice's mom and mm-hmm. you know the foot soldiers that are actually out there fighting for the struggle, that there's no like no real funding or monies for them to be able to survive yeah, whether yeah, it needs yeah, to go to yeah, court or to do all these other things yeah, so i'm thinking yeah, to myself yeah. if there was really this quote for lack of a better description this safety net that she wouldn't have had yeah. to have done this GoFundMe yeah, to ultimately yeah. save money to help her find a new place to rent out or whatever so i was like wow yeah, okay yeah. especially because her, her ties to the community you think that well again man being an organizer bro is you don't get paid for that shit and i don't job. say yeah, that it's a selfless job and she only and i say it intentionally only she only raised six thousand dollars right which is typically going to be enough to help her pay off a number of months of rent but again knowing what the prices for renting a place is now that six thousand dollars will be going really rapidly. Trump you got security deposit first and select. Yeah, this Trump. But you team. figure you got these folks, man, who have dedicated their lives to the struggle. There's no benefit plan for motherfuckers who do this shit. Yeah. Like, and she's an administrative assistant. Like, she's not making no money. But she's a G. But I mean, she's struggling yeah, like the rest of them. Was out here. The part of the story, though, that really kind of gets me is how the landlord just chooses to create another lease. Yeah. Oh, they do that all the time. I mean, that is some, that, that is some, you know, Leroy Cohen shit. Man, you know how many people some, show up to court some, and don't have a copy some of death the lease? Records, Suge Knight yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, I like you, but you know what? I'm just going to make a whole new contract for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, but but you already have contact with this person. I don't care. But you figure, okay. and the thing is, when you 
A lot of these people, man, are in such a state of desperation that they get a lease and they don't even read the lease. They just sign. Right. So a lot of these a lot of these landlords, man, will have it set up. So after your first year in the residence, it turns into a month to month lease. And you don't even know that it's a month to month lease because you're still doing the same thing that you were doing the year past. But when he decides to sell that property now, he has no yeah, he don't even have to man. give you nothing to say. You might even give him rights to not notify you yeah. when yeah. utility increases happen in the, in the building. Or <laughs> after that first year that he says, hey, the, the rent's going to go up 10%. Now and I'm you didn't you, read that. I, I don't have to tell yeah. you because you signed mm-hmm. it. That don't have to tell you. And you go in front of the judge, and the judge is going to be like, he didn't have right to tell you. Black or white. Yeah. He didn't have to tell you. It was right there. It's jitty, yeah. but I, I ain't yeah. nothing I can do about it. One of the things that the councilman said, and we'll move on to the next topic after this, one of the things that the councilman said that I think is the most paramount from this whole thing is that it's because she is who she is, because of her ties to the community, because of the network that she has. But there are tons of people just like her to go through circumstances like this that nobody ever, that don't see the light of day and get ran over by the court system and by ruthless landlords like this all the fucking time. So. Crush, what we got next, man? Man, well, you know, we had to get around to this. Uh, unfortunately, uh, well, I found a very interesting article in The Hill uh, where the headline uh, depicted the fact that we've all known for some time is that black voters are fleeing, fleeing Biden in droves. And they listed a number of reasons why that I'm sure we're all very intimate with. Now, they say, uh, you know, <laughs> they say that less than seven ten black voters support the forty six president. This is significant because more than nine in ten voters voted for him in twenty twenty. So you know we're talking about a twenty five point drop in a very short period of time. Now you know we uh, we here on the show have already you know uh, made our feelings known about the Biden administration and where they stand, and as well as other guests on this show. Um, but this article uh, puts it uh, in, in stark contrast and in, in hard numbers we can understand, um, you know, but it, but it bodes, uh, it, but it doesn't bode well for the Democratic Party as a whole. Um, you know, the, the, I would say, the, you know, the whole piece was pretty much a warning shot for the administration more than an answer to any, 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 any uh, solution um, that, uh, you know, that we could possibly provide at this point as a people. Because I think we're way past that. But uh, what do you gentlemen think? Go ahead, Neil. I mean, of course, I think, you know. Biden, I think Biden's in motherfucking trouble. Uh, I think the, the the whole Democratic Party is in trouble, and I think, sadly, it's only going to get worse uh, once the public becomes more aware of some of the insidious behavior, particularly our involvement with Ukraine and Russia and that whole fucking situation over there. Once we become to be more aware of like, oh, we can be minding our business right now. <laughs> oh, are we inciting this shit right now? Oh, are we the, oh, we're the instigate? Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think once people begin to get more aware about it, because mainstream media is painting this narrative that, you know, Russia and China are the big bad wolf. They're the monsters hiding in the bed. You know, 
And that's part of the political theater that you always have to have a monster. You always have to have a big bad guy to rally folks around the, the nationalism, the patriotism component of the country. And right now, Black folks specifically who have been hit the hardest with COVID-19, we've seen that the, the impact that it's had on our community. We are now in a position, particularly when we went balls to the wall for Biden and Harris to get in office. Now we're seeing that they didn't keep not near one of their promises. Yeah. Right? So I think right now, these num- I think these numbers right here are, are you know, they're modest compared to what motherfuckers go to the barbershop, ask some motherfuckers in the beauty supply only, shop. Only 48% <laughs> of Democrats support the idea of, of Biden running in 2024. And here's what we're unheard of. Unheard of. In one year. Here's where I'm making sure that when I'm having the conversations with our people is this is not a conversation or a aspect where okay now you wrote republican right it is not you know just because the dems are acting a donkey that you go ahead and vote for the other side of the coin which is also a donkey that doesn't mean that it means that we have to become more astute to the political arena and our involvement in it and finally maybe we'll get off the democratic tit and no longer continue to nuzzle up every time they need something and allow them to use us in the aspect that we did use and particularly with the black misleadership class these black politicians who have continues to lead us astray and to continue to lead us to slaughter on democratic platforms this is this is I think it's wonderful. I love these articles coming out because I'm seeing more and more people who are not as politically astute as we are. Not to say that we're, you know, that. But we're seeing more and more people wake up to the fuck shit that Biden and the motherfuckers is doing. But again, the same, the warning that I give people is the same that I gave them when Trump was in office. Do not let this be an isolated, this is all Trump's fault type of mentality, or this is all Biden Harris. No, 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 no. It's deeper than that and it's wider than that. This is not just simply a Democratic Biden ain't shit, even though he's not type of perspective. It's wider than that and more egregious yeah. than that. And hopefully, I mean, people are beginning to see more and more of the fuck shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, know yeah, it, yeah. I know it feels like a tipping point. Uh, but this has been going on for for some time, you know. The, 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 these problems we've we as a people have pretty much have have swallowed administration after administration. We've we've we, we've uh, give, we've given them all the grace we can, but I think um, we're all out of grace. Yeah, by by far. We're all out. we're all out. Yeah. Yeah. I was apprehensive yeah. about this article, to be very honest with you, just a little bit, only because it seemed as though the. Arthur was writing from a point of bias, right? There's a point. Oh, in the, there's a there's yeah. a point in there. Sensible where, Americans, and he mentioned. Boom, thank you, sensible Americans, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I want to find it. It is the hill. Americans, yeah. including two key members of Biden's own party in Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, uh, yeah. rejected the radical proposal. Ultimately, many voters, some suffering from Trump fatigue that came from nonstop drama, White House, blah, 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 just wanted to return to normalcy and not jump to a socialist America, which screamed to me, because if that, this person... That line, really did, that, that, yeah, that line was very... 
Yeah. Right. If this person really thinks that Joe Biden and the Joe, the Biden agenda was a socialist <laughs> agenda or that they whatever the package they were trying to pass, that's, that's yeah, no concept of socialism a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Bumped their like time critical that. race theory folks don't know exactly. what the hell that is. Yeah, but, exactly. you know, yeah. Yeah. Socialism, build, build back, build back better was no. That was about it's supposed to be. Let's let's be. Let's keep all the way funky. The build back better was supposed to be a, a lot more robust. And then at this point now, remember I told you we're talking about ten point something trillion down to seven trillion down to three trillion down to one point something trillion dollars. And now we don't even think that the bill is going to get passed, which is why they've now pivoted to voting rights because you know they need to save their asses and they make sure the that. voters are able to come out and stand in lines and vote. And even that seems like it's dead on arrival. So yep. I'm looking at the numbers bias, notwithstanding, yeah, I think that the numbers still are spot on because mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many black people, people of color, working class poor are looking at the Biden administration being like, nigga, I stood in line for five hours to vote for you and you couldn't even continue to give me the child tax credit. You told me you were going to forgive my student loans. I can't pay my student loans and I'm sitting here working at the Denny's. How am I ever going to advance and find something else when I got this yoke on my back? Mm. I mean, there's so many things that they promised during their campaign that they're not fulfilling, even though they might be doing these small around the edges changes. But yeah, Kamala Harris was harping about something, you know, about about about, about the child tax credit, though. But the child tax credit is dead. You're not getting another child tax credit. The last one. Not getting another one. Yeah, that was it. End of story. That's the end no, of the story. Not kidding, you, couldn't even, you couldn't even fulfill that thing. You made so much noise about it, but couldn't even get it passed to continue it. Even the idea of them breaking it into piecemeal, because that was another it's argument, it was to break yeah. it into piecemeal and get it passed one by one. They allowed other clowns like Joe Manchin and the Republicans to jump in and be like, nah, we're not even going to do piecemeal, dog. If you put together a package. We're not voting multiple times. Put together a package. Okay, if we put together a package, let's put together this large package, make it three point something. No, no, no. You know what? We'll even bring it down to your level. We'll say $1.8 trillion. And they were like, nah, we're not voting for that shit. Mind you, once again, the yearly operating cost for the state of New York is Come over on. a trillion dollars. They couldn't put together a package for the entire United States to help you out. After you stood in line for five plus hours to vote for Kamala, to vote for Joe, and all that shit that all that shit that, that they gave us is slowly going away. Yep, going back to Pruma Torre, one of the things that she's been advocating and been reading, you know, screaming through the bullhorn, is that all that eviction assistance no, that she to moratorium, me exactly. Yep. All that shit is about to go away. It's going to be done. And states, Philly, is running out of money already. I think they may have already, Philly County, Philly County may have already run out of money. There is no more money coming. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask the million dollar question because I think we typically, I think we do typically harp about the ills of both the Biden administration and the political system itself. And we have this intellectual debate back and forth about what we think right looks like. But, but let's let's keep it all the way 100 because that's what we do here. What do you think the answer is then? Because at this point, we are quite literally screwed. Abolish the whole system. Get rid of it. Get rid of it all. And, and, and people bring in the scary monster. Bring the monster to the table. Bring in socialism. 
bring in massive redistribution of wealth, tap into that GDP that we have, that gross domestic product, redistribute some of that wealth, bring in universal health care, do those things. Because the problem is that when you use the term socialism, we have been conditioned and propagandized to immediately to, to be afraid that, oh my God, socialism. So why are you afraid of socialism? Uh, 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 because of Cuba, uh, because of Russia. Exactly. But when you use terms like redistribution of wealth, universal health care, guaranteed jobs, universal income, those terms that people can actually identify with, then people will be like, oh, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Those are the type of things that we need. And until that type of system is put in place, shit is going to remain the same because the underlying monster behind both of these parties is what capitalism it is all about the dollar it is all about maintaining that one percent because they make the laws and the rules for the people who have the most money not the people who are the least of the and that's the tragic component about it and we can see it with COVID. We see it clearly. Why did they send motherfuckers back to job to school as quickly as, as they did and to work as quickly as they did? Some it had no go back to work. Some motherfuckers can go back to work for the economy. Yep. I mean, yep. it is tragic, but yeah. I, that's my thought. No, I, I can dig it. I, it's going to be very interesting to see. I was If you watch it, it says, or if you go a little bit deeper, it tells you that no president outside of George W. Bush and FDR have ever into their midterm from their first term have been able to retain or not lose Pain. seats yeah. in Congress, right? Yeah. So we already know, just based on historical note, that Biden's going to lose seats. But the question is, how many? Because if they lose so many that they can't even come uh, anywhere close to passing any bills whatsoever, Shit's it's going to be very terrible, and it's going to be it's going to be a one and done for Biden. To be very honest with you, yeah. and once again, it's going to be one and done for the Democrats. Yeah, that's it. No, I mean, it's, no, it's not because we we literally just said right now it went from nine and ten to seven and ten. That's still a majority. There's still seven and ten black people. Okay, who are willing to yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, slowly, slowly, we're getting off the tit. So hopefully, you know. But I don't know if we get off the Democrat tit. What other tit are we going to chew on? We gonna go over to the Republican? I mean, I, I, it's just I'm going to fast. <laughs> Shut your goofy ass Get your ass some <laughs> almond milk, bro. It is stupid. I'm going to fast. <laughs> no, but yeah, but I agree no, with you. I'm not no right. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's the quandary that black folks, or matter of fact, let me change that. That's the quandary that working class, class poor, poor folks find themselves yes. find themselves yeah. in is that we literally have no fucking choice outside of organizing and building community power to fight these bastards or participate in the electoral arena or do a combination of both and doing both is incredibly fucking tricky yeah but that's that's where we are yeah. join an organization get involved man you better because i think people have to remind i think we have to remind it of the power in the word no yeah, yeah. there's a lot of power in that word yeah, yeah. We just we'll see. 
but don't forget, we know what it looks like when, and we'll close it out after this. We know what it looks like once election season comes. Yeah. Especially when we're talking about the presidential election. And we're not talking yeah. about midterms and so on. When you say that you're either not going to vote for the Democrat or that you're considering mm-hmm. not voting for the Democrat, you get your aunties yeah. and your uncles like, oh, so you're going to vote Republican? That's what you're going to do. You're going to you know, vote for the, you know, the, the clan. You know the people, people sacrificed themselves for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, they died. died. Your auntie died, so she vote. No, nah, she didn't and, die. And she had high blood pressure. What are you talking about? That's what, that's what really killed her. But no, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, really dig the, I dig the argument. But at the same time, it's like, how long are we going to rest our laurels on that and not expect different, yeah. not expect more? You know what I mean? To say that, okay, because at the end of the day, an election on its face is about choices. And if you're being pigeonholed, forced, cajoled, bludgeoned to pick one particular party because it's that particular party, because that's the party that everyone follows, I mean, it, it kind of eliminates that. And and, and I, I say that with a sense of irony because a lot of black Republicans use that same talking point to be like, same. well, you know, you, you don't, be, don't be on the Democratic plantation and blah, blah, blah. Like, See, we're going to get beat up. For saying no to both these motherfuckers, we gonna get beat up, villainized. Oh, for you're saying no happen. to you and no to you. I'm uh, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the midterms to happen so they can write all the think pieces about how black people let the Democratic Party down and that's why the Republicans to go. Where you at? We're here for you, liars. Yeah, liars. Yeah. All right, right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. So, Crush, what's up, man? What's up this week? Man, a little bit of news on the personal front. My crew, the Amphibians at Amphibians.com, A-M-P-H-B-N-S, just dropped a surprise album for Valentine's Day called Crush. Uh, we actually dropped it last year on Bandcamp, but due to, due to pop of demand by DJ D-Nice's only club quarantine crew, uh, we put the album on, on, on all digital uh, streaming services, uh, from Spotify to Apple Music to iTunes to Deezer, all of them. All out there now, and people have been enjoying it and soaking up the vibes. Uh, we want you to too. So please go to Spotify right now, look up Crush from, from the Amphibians, A M P H B N S. It's in the caption. Enjoy it. All right. Oh, what's up, man? Man, I just want to say for the people who are paying attention, man, or not paying attention, to begin to pay attention to what is taking place in. Ukraine begin taking place over there. We're already sending troops over there. Uh, Biden just sent some of the 82nd Airborne over there. We have we have already 80,000 troops over in Europe already. The new troops that we're sending are going to be preparing, you know, training Polish troops. Yo, shit is so crazy, but I need folks to begin to ask the questions. Why is it happening to get a clearer understanding of what is taking place and not just regurgitate Fox News, CNN, MSNBC? All of them folks have been co-opted and mainstreamed in our tools of the state. So please ask the questions and think critically, man, because shit is so incredibly crazy right now out here in this world, man. And struggle and fight, man, please. Um, what's up for me this week is actually a story that comes out of Pensacola, Florida. It is about a young man who was at home with his two young kids and the police came 
storming into his home early in the morning. Um, the young man's name is Corey Monroe Jr. Moreno, excuse me, Moreno Jr. And the police came storming into his home around 4.35 o'clock in the morning. They had a warrant to actually search the home, but he was not a suspect in this crime or for this warrant. Apparently, I guess he has a roommate and the roommate did something. So they were coming to actually get a computer or some computer equipment that was in the home to take. They burst into his home. This young man doesn't know who's at the door. Once again, remember, he's not a suspect. He thinks somebody's trying to break into his home. He's legally licensed. He lets off a shot. He realizes that it's the police. He drops the he drops his weapon. His weapon. He apologizes, puts his hands up, lays down on the ground the whole nine, and says he thought that they were intruders, so on and so forth. Here's the kicker: they take his two kids. They take his two kids, and they put the kids in the back of a police car. And one of the children, ages the two children are age three and one. The one year old was put unattended in a police car, unbuckled, in no car seat, no nothing. And they open the door, and this kid falls out of the truck, lands on his head. So this kid now has severe damage to his brain, face, the whole nine. They apparently called the EMS, Emergency Medical Services. Six minutes later, the Emergency Medical Services come. They have some sort of conversation. And then 20 minutes later, the call is canceled and they send the EMS away. So they tried to cover up the fact that they allowed this kid, this child, this baby to be injured. It wasn't until the mother of the child shows up that she finds out, she sees the child, she said her baby was unrecognizable. Yep. And that she had to rush the baby to the hospital. hospital. Not the police that called the EMS initially and tried to cover it up. The mother who came maybe an hour after the fact had to rush her baby to the doctor. What makes this thing even worse? What makes this thing even worse? Once again, like I said, this this gentleman is not, he was not a suspect. He has no criminal record. He's a youth mentor services uh, personnel. They are charging him with attempted murder on a police officer. What? Because of the single shot that he fired when they broke into his when they excuse broke into his home to come and get a computer. Using a yeah yeah. So and for all you folks, Brown works for every other person except for the people that we know that should be it should be allowed to work for. Let's just put it that way. This young man has already lost his job, spent time in jail, and as I said, the police are pressing charges for attempted murder on a police officer. And y'all think we can reform this shit? (laughs) Okay. So that's where we are, Pensacola, Florida, man. That's that's my what's up for this evening. I don't know what I would do if I was that mother and I came and I saw my baby and she like she literally said I showed up and my child was unrecognizable. And ladies and gentlemen, do not 
do not go on the internets and look for a picture of that child. Spare <laughs> yourself. Do not go and do it. It is a horrific sight. <sighs> Crush, where can people find you if they want to find you, man? Uh, you can find me as usual on Instagram at SP Methods. Uh, or at the Orange Crush with a K T H E O R A N G E K R U S H. The Orange Crush. You're dumb. Oh, where can folks find you, man? At Elgin Bailey on all of your mama's favorite social media platforms. That's his nice way of saying Twitter and Facebook for old folks. <laughs> That's where they mom be at. They know. They mom like my posts. Fucking, fucking ruthless. And I'm Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore In the Black. And I want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick it with us, and we appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Make sure you become a member of the family and come join us over at the Patreon. You will not regret it. But as always, informed intelligent in the black black. black. peace peace this is this is the in the black podcast in the black bro scientific experiment giving you the news not views without evidence telling you the truth sentiments without embellishments relax these are the facts bringing them to your residence in your house or your tenement listen to hear intelligence body filled with melanin power that's so unsettling bright in the stars bringing some light back to the desolate in the black podcast that your land is all facts you don't like that